0: Nervous? <laughs> no. <laughs> What's your answer? That is let the ball. That is That is
1: That is up! Oh no!
0: Oh yes! He missed it. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Suffering from Joy podcast. I'm Devin. We're here to talk about the brand new scheduled release from the MLS season, only 65 days away uh, till opening day. Seth's here to join me. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Seth. How you doing? Doing well here. Um,
1: it's it's uh, snowy up here in Chicago, which is exactly what you want to think of when you um, start thinking about MLS opening day, which might be snowy in some cities in this league.
0: Uh, hopefully not here in Austin. And we actually got the easy one out of the way early for me. I was worried I was going to have to try to figure out a way to maybe go to like the St. Louis City. Uh, opening day game or like when I really miss the Austin opening day, but they made it nice and easy. It's here for me and uh, I get to do both. Yeah. So, no, um... I, I mean, I, I think that's
1: really a testament to the fact that it's like, Hey, Austin is a destination opening day. I mean, part of me really wanted them to put St. Louis city in um, Dallas or Houston for opening day. So they could bring five that are actually heck here in Chicago, but um put them, give them 5,000 fans and let them take over a stadium, which they really won't be able to do down at Q2. But it, I'm sure they'll sell out the away section. There'll be a bunch of fans. It should be a great atmosphere and a good showcase for the league. A little surprised it's not on Big Fox or on FS1, but we'll take it.
0: Yeah, certainly. And, um, you know, I, I think we get a better start time and we'll kind of go into some of these uh, tangential cr- questions that are already pinging around my head um, about all these things. Uh, I think uh, City's um, second game, too, Their home openers against Charlotte. So it's nice that they get to do the kind of like uh, roundabouts of the expansion teams right away. Yeah, uh, the
1: uh, wel- welcome to MLS. Um, hey, you get to go see the, I guess, or we're, MLS 3.0, 4.0. I don't know what we're at right now because, let's face it, what is counting work in, in
0: MLS? Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's GAM minus 6.5 plus or minus eight minutes or something along those lines
1: it also traded for a super draft pick
0: yeah so um i I think we're gonna do some some deep dive on them for a little bit just because i think it's a very interesting build and i kind of want to maybe see how they stack up but it's certainly uh it's an interesting start for them it's not quite um at lafc but i mean we were western conference finals last year so it's not like we're a we're a slouch team even though we're we're pretty new expansion team but uh you mentioned they're gonna They're going to bring a good crowd. Do we know um, what the away section allotment for them or kind of other teams in general this year are going to be?
1: Yeah, I mean, I assume it's going to be pretty similar to last year. Um, It does not look like the league-wide away ticket price rules are going into effect yet. I mean, I've only gotten... Um, as I think most of the people listening to this know, that I do most of the away ticketing for Austin FC's fans. And Minnesota's the only team that's gotten back to me with a ticket price yet this year. But maybe there's going to be a cap, but I kind of doubt it. I mean, what we've been doing at Austin's a little ridiculous from the away traveling perspective, but makes sense based on the home market is that in 2021, our front office charged $57 for away tickets. Last year it was $59. I'd expect it's probably going to be like 61 or 62 this year, unless the league office tells them, Hey, you got to put a price under $40, which has been rumored, but haven't actually seen anything in writing.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's until the league actually does something and steps in there and says, Hey, it has to be like a certain percentage of your ticket price or the number is this or whatever. It's kind of a lose lose. They're going to piss off your home fans or piss off away fans. And teams are going to retaliate. And it's a whole thing. And I I mean, really the league should do something about it, but Uh, yeah it's mls that's part of the fun right
1: yeah i mean you would think that in an entity where everyone is owned by the league the league would do something here but it is um kind of amazing to me how this works or doesn't work at some points
0: yeah works is a strong word um so i guess let's let's jump into it um yeah
1: Uh, i'll uh, I'll just just give you a sense i didn't answer your first question here so at this point that there's going to be um I assume that they'll get the upper half of 228. So they'll probably get about 200 seats or so. Um, but right now, I mean, these tickets are pretty expensive for the home opener right now. The cheapest seats I'm seeing in the stadium right now are in actually row one of 228. That's $113 with fees. I'm seeing nothing under a hundred dollars for the opener. So it's going to be a hot ticket.
0: Yowza. Okay. Maybe fewer people than, uh, than I thought that I know will be joining us. Um. Yeah. But I mean,
1: I mean, people paid $300 to go to a 2,000-seat Austin FC road opener at LAFC two years ago. I know a lot of City fans have been waiting for years for this match, so I expect there's going to be a good turnout. I have no doubt that they'll sell out whatever allocation we give them.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure um, Austin's kind of nice weather. It's a destination city, like you mentioned, not just for soccer, but it's a big big kind of touristy town. and. Uh, I know from experience, by the end of February, you're ready to get the hell out of the constant ice storms and wind and what have you. And even if it's 40 degrees and raining and we think it's cold here, um, they'll, they'll be perfectly fine and consider it a sunny beach day.
1: Yep, that, that that sounds about right. I mean, hopefully it will be a little warmer than last year's home opener. But, hey, if it's a if it's a 5-0 win for Austin FC, it, the weather it could be 10 degrees and a solid sheet of ice, and I'd take it.
0: Oh, yeah, any any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Um, yeah. So we have a little bit of a kind of more similar to our first year and unbalanced number of teams in the league again. So uh, it's it's not the clean kind of home-and-home home we had with everybody in the West last year. Um, do you want to kind of discuss kind of how that came about and some of the quirks we have this year? Yeah, there, there's
1: some weird quirks in the system. Yeah, when you have 29 teams, I mean, there's no other Le- – I mean, I guess League of I think, for a little bit did have 19 teams. But most – Major leagues in the world would never have a um, even uh, an odd number of teams, but MLS is going to MLS, and uh, San Diego, Sacramento, Vegas weren't ready to come into the league at the same time as St. Louis, so we ended up with 14 teams in the West, 15 teams in the East. Uh, Nashville SC switches back to the East this year. So this will be the first year in Austin FC history where we will not be playing um, Nashville. So no trip there, which has been popular the last couple of years, um, even though a team that we've not gotten very good results against only 1.3 matches against them. Um, only but, one goal too, right? Yeah. Only one goal as well. Um, a couple taken back for uh, VAR reviews, but um, only one Poor that Jared actually. Can... Or yeah.
0: Jared Stroud.
1: <laughs> Poor Jared Stroud. Jared Stroud, you can't escape Austin yet. We're gonna have you come back here for your uh, I, I don't think it's I don't think the front office is gonna need to give out Jared Stroud bobbleheads to get a full house there for February twenty-fifth.
0: No, they're kind of excited to have him, and I think somebody scoped out his Spotify playlist and he still has La Merga on there. So we'll be happy to have him back and it'll be nice to see him and he can uh, he can hang out with John Gallagher again and uh, be sitting in his pocket all day and they'll be the closest of friends. <laughs>
1: I'll be curious to see if he makes the uh, starting 11 or the 20 uh, for City because they still have a fair bit of their roster build to build out here in the next 65 days.
0: Yeah, and like I mentioned, I'm sure we'll do um, both kind of a a larger season view towards them uh, just as a new expansion team. And obviously when they actually have a roster, we'll do kind of a, a game heading in type of preview thing. And uh, some stuff to look forward to, but since they kind of only have like I think they're at like nine players right now that are actually going to you know maybe see time um, if, if they're even that high, uh, we'll we'll hold off on that for now. But we have some teams we're playing three times this year, right?
1: Yeah. So how, how it's going to work is so that this year um, there's still 34 games in the regular season, and uh, every team. So if you do the math there, there are 15 teams in the East. That means that there has to be 90 games against teams in the West. So some teams in the West play six Eastern Conference teams, and some teams play seven. So the way they decided to split it up is that they – since in the 2021 season, Austin FC went to FC Dallas up in Frisco twice and hosted Houston twice. They decided to do the inverse of that this year. So where Houston and Dallas – Their only extra games are against us. They actually don't play each other for a uh, third time. And they have seven games against the East. Uh, They're um, two of the six teams in the league that got that feature
0: in their schedule. Okay. Well, that brings us into kind of a, I know I've seen a few people ask, how does Copa Tejas work this year if we have three games and they have two and, and all that? So, I mean, Copa Tejas is based on the Cascadia Trophy, which has run
1: through the same things throughout its USL and MLS days. And because these leagues consistently have odd teams and weird scheduling and all sorts of things like this, it's normally the way a three-team trophy like that works. If you have more than two games and it's not an even number of games that are played, it's the first home and first away game that count for Copa Tejas. But obviously okay, the other do. games still count for the MLS standings and they still matter, even if they don't, even if the second uh, Dallas home match and the second Houston away match technically don't count towards the Copa Teja standings.
0: Maybe not towards the trophy, but we're still, we're still going to be keeping track. And, um... I guess we're going to count
1: towards, They do count towards the Copa Teja Shield, which I think only people in San Antonio actually care about, which is <laughs> the uh, points per game average among all games that are played in official competitions among Texas teams. So, Open Cup can count in that and other things like that. And that one, you're never going to end up with an even number of matches. So, they use the points per game. And San Antonio was very proud to win that this year. And congratulations
0: to them good for them we're very happy for them uh nothing's going to make them angrier than us being happy for them about that um so i noticed too uh we obviously play everybody in the west and uh we're playing some of the same teams in the east even though there are some teams we haven't played yet uh dc united club de foot de montreal or whatever they're called this year um can you kind of explain why that came about this year
1: Uh, On the one hand, I don't have a good answer for that
0: because
1: MLS is going to MLS, as we're going to say a lot on this podcast. I mean, uh, before this, I thought the logical thing is that, oh, we'd go to Columbus and we'd play the other, we'd play uh, Houston and Dallas twice in this format. Then the other five games in the East would be against teams we haven't played. But my problem was I was using logic and trying to apply it to MLS, and that doesn't always work. Um, The way the league has theoretically approaches this is that they want everyone to play each other home and away before they do repeats, in theory. But something tells me it'll be 2025 and we'll somehow not play the
0: Philadelphia Union. Like, nothing would surprise me at this point. Yeah, that's the way it's going. And as far as teams in the East to avoid, that's not the worst one. Yeah, I mean, um, the fact is that we would not – I mean, wouldn't it be hilarious if the first match
1: – I mean, I, we are on the opposite sides of the bracket, but it would be hilarious if the first ever Austin FC Philly Union match was the CONCACAF Champions League final. I think that would be that, – that would be ri- ridiculously hilarious.
0: Yeah, and MLS would come out right afterwards and be like, oh, we knew that was going to happen. That's why we didn't schedule it, of course. Yeah, Oh, sure. you guys didn't know? Okay, yeah, oh, sure. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So, moving forward on that, I know I was kind of excited to see Inter-Miami on the schedule. Even where they were placed, it was going to be a low chance that we were going to see Messi, but it sounds like he's sticking in Paris for another year.
1: I I, I think it's just people—Messi that hasn't signed any contracts. I don't think Messi's sobered up since he's landed in Argentina. Don't blame Um, him. I I wouldn't either. If you had 5 million people— I mean, you saw that there's they're even chanting for his dog at this point. Um, <laughs> it is, I mean, heck, I, I mean, PSG has a match midweek next week, and uh, we'll see if he even makes it to Paris by then. Um, not that they really need him. Mbappe's already back at training, and I can only imagine it's going to be a little awkward when they get back to Parc de Princes for that.
0: Yeah, I would think so, but, I mean, they're professionals. They'll get over it, and, you know, now they both have World Cups, so it's not like he denied Mbappe his one best chance or something.
1: Yeah, and Mbappe still had a hat-trick and scored a fourth goal on a penalty. It's not like, yeah, it's not one of the best games of his life on Sunday. Yeah, he,
0: he didn't Harry Kane it up or anything.
1: No. And honestly, if he had gotten one more pass, he could have easily had a fourth goal in regulation, and then he's the world champion
0: again. Yeah, I saw that. I felt a little bad for him. But, um, you know, I, I think most people who are kind of general fans and have been watching the game for a while are like, okay, I'm happy to see Messi. Maybe not the rest of Argentina, but um, happy to see Messi win one. Yeah, no, it, it all it all works out there. Um,
1: um But there's a um, yeah, no, I mean, I think we're, we're at a good spot. I mean, Inter-Miami is a it's one of the uh, one of the five stadiums in the league I haven't been to. Um, so I'm really looking forward to going down there as much as anyone can be looking forward to going to South Florida in late June, early July. But eh, we'll make the best of it.
0: Yeah. And um, let's make this very clear. The stadium is not in Miami. It's in Fort Lauderdale. It is so in North Florida, gonna...
1: Moderdale under the runway of a private airport.
0: Yeah, if you think you're going to go hang out on South Beach and then, like, jet five minutes and be at the stadium, you're in for a rude awakening.
1: <laughs> no, actually, no, but I, I got to say, they have the best transit set up for a stadium in the middle of nowhere in the league. So, um, the state of Florida, and in it's infinite wisdom, and I actually mean this seriously, not sarcastically, um, decided not to take the Amtrak money um, that was um, proposed in the Obama stimulus. And Brightline, a private train company, has built a private railroad that goes right now from Miami to West Palm Beach and will eventually extend up, extend up to Orlando and Tampa. It goes to Orlando first and then Tampa. It makes no sense. But um, it is, um, I had a chance to take it last year when I was inadvertently in South Florida um, because of a missed flight connection. And that it's a really nice service. So we would probably base our group out of probably not on South beach. we probably out of downtown Miami and like Brickell or one of those neighborhoods there and pregame in Miami. And then you take the train to Fort Lauderdale the train's really nice. They're, they're Austin FC branded there. They have $4 Heinekens on the train. They have a Verde train of all things uh, among other colors. Um, and then the Brightline provides free buses um, included with your train fare to um to drive pink, which doesn't have any vowels in its stadium name because I guess they um,
0: don't really teach anything down in schools in Miami-Dade and Broward counties. No, not in the uh, public schools, at least. But hey, I mean, it's it's Miami. It's a cool, trendy hub. Right. So that's that's the cool, trendy thing, at least the last time I paid attention to anything like that. Um, Speaking of cool and trendy, what did you think of the uh, release video? Honestly, I didn't even watch it. I, I What I
1: did was I'm the person that's like, I, I was very frustrated for a few minutes on there. I mean, luckily some people in Slack and other people got screenshots of it um, and did other things through it to make sure that like I'm like, I just want the schedule to work. Send me a PDF or an Excel form of here's the schedule, home and away. At least we don't have very many questions about times this year. Most games are at 7.30 local time. That's easy. There are a few exceptions to that, but for the most part, it's like, just tell me where we're playing, when we're playing, and good. I don't need a fancy schedule release video. I I, I mean, I do think it was probably a teeny bit of a miss from the video team, but, like, the video team does great work. Okay, they had an idea that sounded really good to them that doesn't connect with your most intense fans. Okay, but, like, the people who are saying, like, they should go quit their jobs, like, come on, people. Like, (laughs) this sounds like trolling in my day job.
0: Yeah, it's... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I spent that entire afternoon on phone calls, so I was sitting there trying to F5 it to get it to load on the website, but it would only load, like, two or three months at a time, and I was just like, come on, you guys made this entire video, you can't give me, like, just the listing of games, and then they had the weird, like, cut split where it just gave, like, home games on one side and away games on the other, and, like, I get why, but uh, also, like, it, it made me pine for the days of, like, the 90s where one of your big gifts as a season ticket holder member of a sports franchise was they would, like, mail you a magnet calendar to put on your fridge. And I was like, that's all I need is like the the digital magnet calendar version of this uh, and need it to work. But I mean, at the end of the day, like if you were uh, like, you know, busy or something during the day, you look at it later at the night. Like, you're not like, oh my God, I can't believe I missed the release video. You're like, oh, well, there's the schedule. Cool.
1: Yeah, that's all I care about. But you know what? Other people have different priorities than I do. And yeah, I respect the marketing team
0: for trying to reach out to other people. Yeah. And I mean, you know, some people had some fun with it. I know in previous years they liked him. So, uh, you know, have some fun with it. That's fine. Uh, Different strokes for different folks, as we say. And um, I I will say
1: the one the one schedule release I did appreciate was the Vancouver one. I don't know if you saw that, that Vancouver did holiday themed desserts for um, each team in the league. And um, they had some quite creative entries there.
0: Nice. I might have to actually look that one up, uh, if only to figure out what I'm going to make for dessert on Christmas. Yeah,
1: Austin, <laughs> Austin got dessert tacos. Um, okay. Um, the um, FC Dallas one had a Texas-sized uh, gingerbread gin, uh, no, Texas-sized gingerbread fruitcake that was so over the top that I, I, had a, I, I got a kick out of it.
0: Okay, nice. Yeah, I'll do that whenever I make my debut on the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, Uh, I I mean, they
1: had arch-themed desserts for City. They had, like, I mean, they they did a a nice job up there north of the border.
0: City. Yes. I I don't think we're going to be able to keep that up for an entire podcast, but I'm going to try to do it as long as I can. (laughs) Uh, You mentioned most of our games are going to be 7.30 local time, Um, obviously home games here in central time and whenever we're away playing there. So do we still need to rely on MLSkickofftimes.com, or is that site blissfully, I think, mostly for the creator of it, going to be a thing of the past?
1: mostly a thing of the past however I don't we haven't gotten confirmation if we're going to stick so we have gotten confirmation that Apple as part of MLS season pass is going to do a half hour pregame show so like for people out of market like I could never if I was watching an Austin FC home match from Chicago last year ESPN plus would only go live at the top of the hour I wouldn't get to see Adrian Mike Sonny and the crew do their pregame show because it just wasn't available to us we're going to have a neutral pregame show that will be available for 30 minutes before every match. But honestly, I probably won't even be watching that most of the time because I'll probably be watching the whip around coverage of the matches that kick off at 6.30 Central, Central Time because those will be the 7.30 Eastern matches. So I may very well have to get my current TV actually doesn't even have um, Apple Plus because it's like a 2015 Roku. So, one of my things over the holidays is I need to put a second TV in here that has at least Apple Plus on it and then can figure out
0: other things to make that all work. Treat yourself, Seth. Treat yourself. Yes. Uh, if we need to, we'll fundraise it for you as a. As a uh, thing. You do not need that? to worry about fundraising it
1: for me. I, I've, I've got it. I'm working on the setup right now, but
0: I should be able to make this work pretty easily. I'll, uh, I'll figure out a way to bill it to the club. How about that? Yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean, what are you – obviously, for me, the big thing is uh, our first game is against City, who I really wanted to see this year. But um, what are the big away days that you're looking forward to? I mean, we have the classics, Houston, Frisco. But uh, where else are you looking at this year?
1: Yeah, so we've already talked about Inter-Miami away. I think that's going to – especially because that's right before July 4th. I think we're going to have a very large turnout um, that is going to head out head down to Fort Lauderdale in Miami for that match. And I think people will like to make it a vacation out of there. I think the big thing for us is really going to be CCL this year. I, I don't think we're going to have that many people. I mean, I'm going to the Dominican Republic if we have this match, but I'm also crazy. Um, there's a, I mean, we'll probably get a couple dozen that go out to the Dominican Republic for the Violet match on March 7th. We also have the, Probably great – maybe not in MLS history because there was a point there, I guess, where a couple MLS teams, I think, for like a year or two, in like 2001-2002, were playing a Copa Libertadores. So I'm sure they had crazier away days than this. But right now in March, assuming the Violet match happens, which is still pending visas and a few other things. and Of course, speaking of MLS going to MLS, CONCACAF going (laughs) to CONCACAF. Oh, yeah. I learned uh, it from you, Dad. (laughs) Yes. We have – I had some contacts with the front office this week, and I'm like, do we have any more clarity on this match? And it was a giant shrug emoji. Um, but we will see um, in a few weeks if we get some more clarity from CONCACAF. We I mean, thankfully everything on our trip is pretty refundable and makes everything work. But um, there's um, especially um, was right now we play – uh violette in santiago in the dominican republic a hot humid match that is a four-hour charter stop non-flight not non-stop flight east of austin and then played in salt lake city at forty-two hundred in sandy utah i should say at america first field um and which got at which is a three-hour direct flight west of austin at 4200 feet above sea level there is no way we are getting points in salt lake that day like that's
0: that's crazy like, so we just really... chalk it up
1: as a loss right now.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's not like we have a great record there in the past either. I mean, we've had a great record with 11 men on the pitch. Yeah, well, that's kind of the problem, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, speaking yeah. of CCL, if we uh, if we come through that tie, do we have an actual date, uh, set of dates, I guess, we'd be playing? Or is it still kind of like, uh, hey, it might be Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday of uh, in early April?
1: Yeah, so we know, assuming that uh, – Austin uh, so FC gets by Violet, which I, on the one hand, I think, like, first of all, it's probably still 60-40 whether this the set of matches are going to happen. And if it happens, if Austin FC loses to a team that has not played competitive matches in 10 months, shame on us. And that's pathetic.
0: It yeah, that's our own fault. Really
1: pathetic. Um, So we get by that round. Um, it would be away first to either Leon um, down in Mexico or to Taro in Panama City. Um, It would probably be – if you notice that – so this year in MLS, because of 29 teams, everyone has to be by for at least one or two weeks this Mm -hmm. year to make – there's some midweek scheduling. So like there's certain – like Wednesdays where like six teams in the league are playing and there's others where like 12 are playing. Like there's some funny things around that international break. So it doesn't work out perfectly, but there's at least one Saturday where everyone is by the league this year. Austin FC chose to go by, I don't know if we chose, I should say, but I assume there was probably some, like, requests for them of, like, when did teams want to go by. Austin FC is by April 1st. So the weekend before playing at Leon or at uh, Panama City is a a bye week, and I think that's honestly a great bye week to have with. So at that point, I'd want to play that match Tuesday because then you go out to LAFC that Saturday.
0: Man, we are not getting any favors on the – Post, uh, Post-CCL post uh, away days, it sounds like it's yeah. going to be a rough uh, beginning of the year.
1: But, I mean, you're also playing LAFC, who is um, going to be – Oh, actually, no, they're going to be at uh, – I mean, that's assuming they get by Alacuense, which is a um, not necessarily the easiest of opponents. But because they are in the sixth spot in CCL, they would be home to either Vancouver or to Real España from Honduras if they get by Alacuense. But, like – Wednesday is one of the toughest draws in there. LAFC may not make it by them.
0: Good, we'll hit them while they're already dejected, and then we'll we'll get our revenge. We will see. Yeah, I, I mean, I expect. Uh, speaking of away days,
1: since that's a Saturday game, that's a big Fox game. Instead of being a uh, seven thirty local time kickoff, it's going to be a four thirty PM local time kickoff in LA, which is, I mean, it works well. It's the Easter. It's the East Coast mls window but it's going to be on big fox as well so um, I, I suspect we'll get a good turnout for that match
0: good good um i think a few people who are especially uh not exactly up to date who are not reading every single news release the club puts out might have noticed there's a giant gap in their schedule starting in july uh yeah. do you want to tell us what that's about Sure, yeah. So um, this year we have a brand new tournament called the
1: League's Cup. So um, because we have so much World Cup fever, and we'll talk more about World Cup formatting later in this podcast too, that it's like, oh, the World Cup got great ratings. How about let's create another tournament with a group stage and a knockout stage? Um, and so that's what we're doing here. So it's called League's Cup. This is going to take all 29 teams in MLS and 18 teams in all 18 teams in Liga MX and have a group stage, uh, which – will be two matches in Austin. One of them will be, um, the way that they're doing it is that the champions of MLS, uh, LAFC, and the champions of Liga of uh, uh, Pachuca, get, get buys automatically to the knockout round, and the remaining 45 teams are going to play in 15 groups of three. The way that they have paired it up is that it is going to be all games in Leagues Cup, at least in the inaugural Leagues Cup, are going to be in the United States. I really do hope in the future that we get some games in Mexico, like some away days in Mexico City or Guadalajara would be, or Monterrey would be a lot of fun. And I think it would be really good for the Mexican leagues to start hosting MLS teams there, not just in CCL. And it would be great atmospheres. I think it would do more to build up the reputation of MLS. But right now, this is a cash grab. And there are plenty of Mexican fans in the United States so that they're going to be playing all matches of League's Cup in the United States. So the way they did it was that they ranked the teams um, who were the second through 16th best finishers and paired them up sort of. Six second place from MLS, which uh, would be the Philadelphia Union, would be playing the 16th place team from Liga MX, and sort of doing a zigzag across there. So Austin will get Mazalan in our group, and then the remaining 15 teams are 13 MLS teams and two Liga MX teams. I have no inside knowledge on who's going to be the second team there. My gut is that Houston will go to be in Dallas's group because they only play each other twice. So that's like, hey, you're only playing each other twice, that we're going to go send um, Dallas – we're going to go send Houston up to Dallas to be part of their pod. And then the um, team that I bet comes into our pod would be FC Juarez, who is one of the lowest two finishing teams in Mexico. Um, so we – because that Juarez has never played Austin before. El Paso – and Juarez is obviously right across the Rio Grande from um, – from El Paso, I bet you that we end up with a group with two Mexican teams, but that's just my prediction today. I have no inside knowledge.
0: Okay, yeah. And I mean, there's nothing international tournament organizers love as much of a group stage. Uh, the World Cup, for those of you who don't know, used to be played in, like, multiple group stages. In 1950, the World Cup, literally, like, there wasn't a final. They just had a final group stage. So I don't know <laughs> what it is with these people in group stages, but uh, for some reason, people who make international tournaments love the <laughs> – love the uh, – <laughs> The specter of a group stage. Well, Um,
1: the group stage is really helpful from a planning perspective. You know, you have guaranteed matches of Club A is going to play Club B on this day. There's no knockout contingencies. You can book your hotels ahead of time. You can arrange all those logistics. It's easier to do that.
0: Yeah. And as we all know, these uh, tournaments are organized for the logistics and the folks planning them uh, to make it as easy as possible. I'm only half joking about that. Sometimes it seems that way.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's all going everything.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, And since you mentioned the World Cup, they haven't finalized the like weird groups of three 48 team format. Right. They kind of track back on that a little bit.
1: They track back on that a lot. My personal preferred format for the 2026 World Cup is 12 groups of four. And I think that will happen. The question is, how many teams do you put in the knockout stage? Because that means uh, how many more matches do you need once you do that? um ian dark and Derek ray on twitter came up with a really interesting format that i really like is that you do a 24 team knockout stage rather than a 16 or 32 because that way it's only the top two teams in each group that advance and then you have to finish in the top eight overall to get a buy and so that means that there's no, every game matters
0: yeah i i think that's the way i would want to see it done um i don't think i've seen their exact format but if you told me uh, the 24 team knockout. That's how I would think of it for sure. Uh, but yeah, we'll no, see. I'm sure can... they'll yeah. maybe they'll do like the top two teams advance, and then everybody plays another group stage. And who who knows where we're gonna go with this?
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I if I were betting today, I'd say FIFA ends up with 48, and then a 32 team knockout, sort of like the way uh, you the Euros do it, where like the eight ranked, the eight best third place teams had it because more matches is more revenue. And if, if there's anything we've learned about FIFA is that more revenue is good. Human rights, not so much, but revenue is always great.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're already working on selling the 2030 World Cup, so we'll, we'll see where that one ends up. Uh, I saw some rumors, too, uh, that MLS might be changing the playoff format. Would that be this year or moving forward?
1: In what other sport in the world could you announce a schedule and not announce a playoff format?
0: Uh,
1: I was <laughs> hoping you were going to say it was next year. Uh, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be for this year. So the, what my understanding of this, and this is my understanding based on reading reporting for The Athletic and others, is that we're going to end up with a the top eight teams in each conference will make it into the playoffs. Um, Apple wants to sell MLS season pass subscriptions. They want to be able to have soccer on every night of the week during the playoffs. So what they want to do with is— me. They- It's going to be great. Like, this sounds amazing for TV viewers, amazing for building narratives. It sounds terrible for visiting fans, and even probably for some home fans, too. But the way way I see it working out is that you would have a group stage that would be, in some ways, similar to the World Cup-ish. That you would get to four groups of four here. You'd have two Western groups, two Eastern groups. So maybe it's group. This is we're getting into the speculation part right now, but it'd be one, four, five, and eight in one group and two, three, six, and seven in one group. That the higher seed would host games. So if you're the one or two seed, you effectively get three more home games. I also saw one format where like The eight would host one and seven would host two to give everyone at least one home playoff game. I think that's stupid. That deprioritizes regular season even more than this format already does. I think Mm -hmm. if you get the seeds, you get the seeds. And, hey, if we make it in as a seven or eight seed and we have to play three road games and they're going to be on a Monday, Friday, and a Tuesday, so be it.
0: Yeah, that was one of the nice parts coming out of – or the restarts coming out of covid was there was literally like nhl playoffs started almost immediately and it was literally like hockey all day like they started at like 10 o'clock in the morning and went to like 9 p.m so yeah uh, it was almost like the ncaa tournament
1: you could do that when you have no fans at the ncaa tournament for ncaa tournament really does that for two days of the year Um, you can get away with that this is probably not going to be that but i would imagine that Essentially, well, let's say so. You could probably draw the group stage, but I don't know that for sure either. Uh, but let's say you could have draws on the group stage. You could effectively do a seven thirty East Coast match, and then a. I guess it depends on if the Western games are going to be central. Because like that's the nice thing about the East is that you only have Central and Eastern time. That for the other for the West, you have Central, Mountain, and Pacific time. So I, I would not be surprised if we saw like a seven and nine thirty. Eastern as your kickoff times or something along those lines to do two games a night for four days and then repeat it again. And suddenly you have a nice, um, that's a nice 12 day group window. And then you go to a, a knockout stage of the final eight teams.
0: Yeah. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. I'm sure it'll be something weirder than any of us could have possibly imagined. Like we shoe in like the, Apertura uh, and clausura champions in order to make like an extra group stage and something will get <laughs> something like that from a, uh, and if the uh, Canadian cup winner is an MLS team, they get a, jo- I don't know. We'll figure it out. They'll come up with something weird about it. Um, but I noticed, uh, especially this year, and we kind of touched on it about Austin FC me- needing more depth this year, but you look at all this stuff, you look at leagues cup, you look at the MLS schedule, a potential expanded playoff format, you got us open cup, which hopefully we play more than one game in. This year, I mean, I, yep. I think we all want to do that. We only played um, a little under 40 games last year, and how, how many are we looking at this year?
1: So I mean, last year we played what 30? Yeah, we played 30. Well, if we're including, are we including friendlies in this or not?
0: No, I just mean competitive games. So you had the one U.S. Open Cup, one well, U.S. Open games. Cup.
1: Yeah, in three playoff games, we have played 38
0: competitive games.
1: So yeah, we obviously have 34 MLS regular season games. We are guaranteed at least one U.S. Open Cup game. Let's say we play two for this purpose. Um that would be – okay, so that puts you up to 36. You're guaranteed two CCL games. That puts you up to 38 I would just say we get at least four CCL games, and it honestly, wouldn't shock me if we make it to the semis. I think getting past Pachuca or Tigres in the semifinal strikes me as highly unlikely. But Leon has been a terrible team um, historically in um, Concacaf Champions League, and I mean they lost to LAFC, they lost again this year uh, early on in the tournament. And Taro has been a decently strong team, but a team that I think we should be able to beat in theory. But yeah, I'm going to say let's say we're going to play six CCL games. So if you do that, that is six CCL, 34, two U.S. Open Cup. And then you're guaranteed at least two Leagues Cup. I think we'll, we'll get to at least three. I would be surprised if we finished last place in the group. So that gets you to at least the round of 32. And with Leagues Cup, because games are all in the United States, we're the four seed. All those games are going to be at Q2 unless we have to get to the semifinals of the tournament and we would be playing at – Probably at LAFC in the semis, depending on if the brackets work out like the seeding. I think it would, but that's also how it goes there. Like, that could be at LAFC and then theoretically a final at Philly or Montreal.
0: That's a lot of games. Uh, I mean, I'm just doing some quick yeah, math. Yeah, and that's, that's... I mean, th-
1: three gets you to the round of 32, four to the round of 16, five to the quarters. And there is a third... And unlike the World Cup third-place game, which is just, like, nice for feels or whatever, I guess they get bronze medals at the end of that, the third-place game at League's Cup is a play-in game for CCL in 2024. Jesus. I mean,
0: at least that adds a little mustard to it. It, Yeah, because the top three teams at League's Cup qualify for CCL. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, I I actually think I'm happier if we're going to have, like, a break in the middle of the season tournament and do that. Like, And we're going to have a third-place game. Like, let's actually... Uh, have not mean something so I'm actually I, I think I'm okay with that yeah uh, um, it's
1: interesting because we're gonna have um a bunch of interesting schedule issues here
0: um right
1: now if Austin FC goes be uh, makes it to the semi-finals of CCL that would be in late April early May I would um my guess is that um if, if that were to happen it would be a um because right now, it's the game is April 29th at home to San Jose. That game likely gets rescheduled based on what happened to Seattle and NYCFC in Champions League this past year. And then if we were to make the finals, that is actually over two match days. That's the home match against Minnesota the home match against Salt Lake. So those matches could theoretically be moved as well.
0: Well, at least we don't have to worry about uh, extra fi- uh, fixture congestion due to the Queen dying. I think. Yeah, um,
1: no, I, I, think we, I think we are good on that front. But um, we can always have to worry about extra fixture congestion if um, it gets to be 112 degrees in Texas and the grid doesn't work. I, I got to say, shout out to Wind Energy. Apparently, the wind is uh, saving the Texas grid today. So I'm glad that you have power.
0: Uh, this episode of the Suffering from Joy podcast brought to you by Wind. Thank you, Wind. <laughs> you're doing a great job, you're keeping us powered. We appreciate it, even though it's a little chilly here it's it's not too bad, it is windy, so uh I guess if it's going to be cold, uh sun's out, so we don't have to worry about anything like that that's too bad and doesn't look that, look like there's precipitation so we're we're friends with wind today. we can handle you we can yeah. handle you wind um any other special surprises we might see pop up in the schedule friendlies, yeah. anything like that? Yes, yeah, so I think
1: on the friendly front um I don't know if we'll have because of how many. Matches we're playing this year. I don't know if we'll have a Mexican friendly, but if we did, I would bet on it being either February 8th or February 15th, February yeah, like up game. Yeah. Like sort of like how we played Atlas last year. Um, in that window, if I'm looking at the league, I make schedules, right. There's only four teams that are playing league action that week. Uh, Toluca's already, um, uh, announced the friendly at Atlanta United, uh, as we start looking at their atlas, came here last year and is in the um, what you call it. They are in CCL, so we're not going to go play a team that is in CCL. Um, Santos has a former Austin FC player that will go nameless if the club schedules a friendly with them. I would be deeply ashamed at this point, and I think you would probably see a. I think you'd probably see a near full, full boycott from the supporter section if that happened. Um, oh, so- especially if it was here. Yeah, no, it would be in Austin. It would not. We're not going down to Torreon for that match. Um, but the logical team to be is if you could schedule Cruz Azul for a friendly, then they're uh, they're not in CCL. They're a traditional Mexican powerhouse. They've actually played Austin Bold before in Austin, so there's some ties there. Uh, I think playing Cruz Azul on the fifteenth. This is again pure speculation, but would make sense ten days before the city match. It would be the exact same timeline. It could give the chan- club a chance to sell the merch or the new home kits or primary kits, they're not home kits, primary kits. But um that could work well. And then if you're looking at the week, if they wanted to do something two and a half weeks out, which seems a little early, it looks like nearly all of the uh, – there, there's a few more options at that point. But we'll, we'll see what comes,
0: comes about. Okay. Um, so we know a little bit about the schedule now. Uh, can you give us a little bit of an insight into kind of how much – Work you do and what you actually have to do, both for like in a home and a away match, and dealing with like traveling supporters or getting all of us to a game, even though we're kind of like wandering puppies trying to find our way through uh through various cities.
1: Yeah, so I, I did answer your the last part of your question there. Um, one other thing I'll throw in there in terms of surprises. Um, the way Leagues Cup is set up is that with groups of three, you're going to have to have three match days because you can't play simultaneous matches. Sure. That does leave the window open for another summer friendly. And there's been some pre- well, uh, semi-confirmed rumors. Matthew McConaughey announced it during the um, Austin FC regular season finale against uh, the Colorado Rapids that there's been some contact between Austin FC and Wrexham AFC out of the uh, National League in England slash Wales that their Wrexham is going to be coming to the United States for a preseason tour in the summer. And I fully suspect due to the relationship between Matthew McConaughey, Ryan Reynolds, and the other owners at Wrexham AFC that we'll see uh, super Paul Mullen and Wrexham AFC come to play some version of Austin FC at some point in the summer.
0: All right. Bring on the Deadpool and Rob McElhenney.
1: Yeah, that will be a, uh, I I think that that match will attract a different set of fans. That might be – it will be the most expensive friendly to have ever attended. Like people – I don't think it will be as crazy as the Tigres friendly. I mean maybe Rodney Rennes will score again. I mean anything is possible. But um, it is a – I I suspect that that will draw a lot of eyeballs and media attention to Austin FC, way more than any friendly of a team that – I mean I hope they get promoted to League 2, but even a League 2 team deserves.
0: Yeah, and I mean I, I'm always supportive of lower league football, but like this team is not good. I've watched them on uh on ESPN plus a few times and it's um it, it's a team that if we play even like a halfway reserve lineup we should smash like in half repeatedly and viciously. Yeah. And um, let's face it,
1: Wrexham, like they're used to playing on fifty degree semi decent pitches across Wales and England they're going to have to come to Austin, Texas in July when it's going to be like 102 degrees. And yeah, it might be an eight o'clock kick, but like, they're not going to know what to do with this.
0: No. And I mean, it's not like, you know, when you have one of the big like Premier League teams and all these guys are from all around the world and they play internationally all the time. It's like most of these guys are, have been kicking around like, you know, regional parts of England and and parts of Wales for their entire careers. They're not you know, flying off and playing in World Cup qualifiers on their uh, on their weekends off, or anything.
1: I mean, heck, Everton starting Jordan Pickford got smashed at the uh, really hot ground of Minnesota United last. Um, what you call it last? Jul- I think mean, This is still just this July. We haven't celebrated the new year yet. We're yep. recording this on December twenty second. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would. I mean, if Rexham gets an, even a draw on a tour of four MLS teams, that would be a job well done for them
0: yeah um okay so I think that's that's um, good I would look forward to a Wrexham game for sure I don't know about you
1: um, I'm not I wouldn't fly back for it but I know my tickets would be snapped up um in one second I mean the people on my season tickets who are like we're playing Pachuca I'm like they're the best team in Mexico and eh, I don't really care we're playing Wrexham I saw them on FX I yeah, would exactly. like it's I mean if I am I mean, also, he's luckily not in this position due to results of the pitch. Everything that's been built around the club, and it like it's in a good place right now. But if I don't know if I'm a, a team that um, shares an office building with my employer right now, hit hit the Chicago Fire, I would be doing everything I could to get my own Netflix or Apple Show or whatever else to get people hooked coming to games. Like this is a way to get people's butts in seats.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even your like uh, your club media too. You can do like a little mini. Docu series about it. I'm sure it'll be on uh, they'll either do a standalone or it'll be part of Welcome to Wrexham when they come and do the the tour here, but that's a big media and revenue opportunity right there too. Uh, and I mean like, I just want to make this clear too, like we're not talking about like a couple formerly big lower league teams, like I know a lot of people liked uh, Welcome, or uh, was it Sunderland until I Die? Yeah. And uh, whatever the Leeds United one was before um, Leeds was back in the Premier League. Take Us Home Leeds United, I think it was called. Uh, and those about. were like yeah, it's not too bad, um, but it's basically like them going uh, up into the Premier League. It doesn't continue through that that first season as far as I know, but like those are historically massive clubs. Like the Stadium of Light holds 55,000 people. It's not yeah, I mean, like it – even,
1: even if Sunderland were to come over as a championship team, like, I mean, we would – the way I usually – when I talk to my English friends about MLS, I'm like, the good MLS teams would compete in the championship. The bad teams are about League One level.
0: Yeah yeah i think that's about right and these are several tiers below and it's not like it's just sort of like a little drop like especially once you get out of that top tier of league one like it's exponentially in a hurry how bad those teams get yeah um like you said kind of your top top tier of league one can kind of kick around the championship and you see teams all the time they'll get double promoted year after year because they just kind of have it figured out they have a good team they click uh, and you end up in the premier league but uh this is a long way away from that even with uh the money they're pumping in there and and getting some better players but I mean I you know I'm with you I hope they get promoted back into the football league and uh we get to see them and you know maybe I'll go maybe I'll sell my tickets we'll see uh what the offers look like on on SeatGeek and what's going on that week because especially if it's in July it might be a a nice gift for someone too um but we're getting a little off track here yeah um
1: yeah yeah we'll see we will see. But I will go back because I'm, I'm not a politician and I do answer your questions. Um, I will answer the question you asked a few minutes ago about, like, what does my job entail? And my job, I mean, this is entirely volunteer. This is an escape for me. This is not something that is stressful for me. Some other people, it's occasionally stressful for them to be involved with my job. Like, I enjoy doing this. I'm a sicko. Once you acknowledge you're a sicko in this, it makes it easier because you, you can level set your expectations differently. So, um, what does schedule release day look like on my end? It means that okay, I have to go email. Uh, I don't. I don't run the away ticketing for the in-state matches. The club actually runs that, even though I know the ticketing people at both Dallas and Houston. I don't actually deal with them because the club sets those prices up because that that allows them to price it in with SeatGeek so that people can take buses to and from the match. And, Dealing with bus liability is a nightmare. Uh, We want the club to pay for that. We don't want to have that as Los Nourdes, Austin Anthem, or any of the supporter groups. Um, As you're an attorney, you you know you don't want to have nonprofits dealing with bus liability of a bunch of drunk people taking buses across the state.
0: Oh, I mean even just the operational side of it, not even the legal side of it, of like getting people to sign forms or whatever is just a giant nightmare. It's it's terrible. Um, so, and the
1: club has gotten. I think year two has gotten better at organizing that, and we're always working on getting things to be better there. So, the way uh, a way travel works is we have a committee of roughly five to ten of us that. Divide and conquer. So my role is really is working with the opposing teams' front offices, being the very diplomatic one to make sure we get tickets for as affordably as we can, to make sure we can get as many tickets, uh, to get instruments in when we can, and make sure that the logistical side of that works. And then once we start realizing which matches are going to be more popular, we in some cities we'll get hotel blocks. Um, we'll start to divide and conquer on some of that work. We'll probably start really doing that. I mean, we we already have a hotel block for Violet down in Santiago, the Dominican Republic. And we'd likely get something for Leon or Panama if we um, see that becoming more likely in the next few weeks. We'll probably be reaching out to Miami, uh, start with some hotel blocks there Um, after the new year. We'll probably look at New England as well, which... I don't even know if we're going to be able to pull that one off. That's a nightmarish weekend. That is the most expensive weekend in Boston of the year because it's when all the college kids are moving and most leases in uh, the greater Boston area start the day before that. So like, I could even with all of my hotel deals, unless I want to stay way out in the burbs. I mean, I have friends in Boston, so it's fine for me, but it's going to be worse than Nashville last year that same weekend. But we still got 150 people to Nashville without a group hotel. So if there's a will, there's a way.
0: Yeah, and obviously, you know, an international destination, a whole different kettle of fish, and, um, you know, you get your more popular cities or your more popular weekends. Like, you go somewhere on, um, you know, 4th of July or Memorial Day or something that's going to be more difficult, right?
1: Yeah, it's definitely uh, – yeah, certain weekends are obviously more challenging. I mean, we got – Houston, two is Memorial Day weekend, so that one's just like, oh, just take the bus in and out. And I, yeah. One thing I don't like this year is because of the standardized kickoff times. Last year we played Houston – At 12.30 in the afternoon, it was safer. It made everything work out easier. I will say the first game against Houston is uh, before the Astros season starts. So we don't have a conflict with that, which we did, uh, which made things really dicey in the September 2021 game. Um, For the May game, which I admittedly did not do my research until right now, the Astros are also away. So I think it's it's – slightly simpler than it has been in the past. Yeah, I don't like it that's that's at night, but it's going to be drop-off right at the stadium. No pregame there. People can drink on the buses. They can pregame elsewhere. There's a nice brewery nearby, but whatever. We won this year. We didn't win the year before. No one got hurt this time. People got hurt the year before. Let's just do it the way that keeps people safe and hopefully gets three points for the club.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely need to keep people safe. And, you know, the way we've been playing – um, this year and hopefully in the next year uh three points shouldn't be a problem but we'll see we'll see yeah you uh, never
1: know I mean like this like we go back to it it's like the team definitely quote unquote overperformed XG and who knows what this team looks like especially if this team does lose Ruben uh, Gabrielson which looks like that may be a real possibility it sounds like he was not thrilled with playing in the uh Central Texas heat there uh and finding another center back and really building up even additional back, um, depth at center backs at fullbacks—it's going to be a long season. Like, especially if the team does make a deep CCL run, like finishing sixth, seventh, or even eighth in the West might be a real achievement. I mean, Seattle missed the playoffs this year after winning CCL.
0: Yeah, I was going to mention Seattle, but uh, I'm pretty sure if you asked all of them if they wanted to sneak into the playoffs or win CCL, they they would all say win CCL.
1: Oh yeah, no. Like, if it's a choice between winning CCL and missing the World Cup style playoffs, where I just get to watch the World Cup style playoffs on my TV for, yeah, I would sign me up for that trade right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, don't, don't
1: get me wrong. Like, I might be in San Jose, even if we were winning San, uh, the last, even if we won CCL or made CCL finals or something like that. And if like that, if we need to win that last game in San Jose to get to the playoffs, well, first of all, God help us at that point. But like, <laughs> it would be. Um, I think, yeah, I'd probably be screaming and yelling and, of course, being a crazy person wanting to get in. But, um, yeah, no, I think in my mind, C- CCL opportunities, even with the expanded CCL, aren't going to come around that often. CCL, in my mind, is the priority over MLS regular season at first.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I mean, if we get dumped out of the U.S. Open Cup again, whatever, fine. Yeah, U.S. Um...
1: Open Cup, we haven't talked about that. It's going to be a weird setup this year because – the way it works is that we get a bye um, through the third round, so we cannot lose in the third round to San Antonio. We can obviously lose in the fourth round, but San Antonio would likely have to get by Dallas or Houston before that would happen. Or actually, not they can't play Dallas. They'd have to get by Houston, but because of the way it works out, they might actually not play an MLS team in the third round. Uh, depends on how many other Texas teams are in there and how the regional pods work and all of that. What's interesting is that the eight teams that get in the U.S. Open Cup are remarkably regionally concentrated. So the four teams in the West that got bys are the Galaxy, LAFC, Austin, and Dallas. And in the East, the <laughs> teams that got bys are NYCFC, Red Bulls, Philly, and Orlando City.
0: I mean, orlando at least Orlando is a little bit of a wild card there.
1: Yeah, but what I'm saying is that, so the 32 teams, the other 24 teams that make it past the third round have to be geographically clustered. The yep. geographic clusters on this could be wild.
0: Like, MLS, MLS. No, USL. US USL. USL. Yeah. Um,
1: and, like, we could play away at Forward medicine. I don't know. I, I would personally find that fun. Hey, we could actually play the Chicago Fire at some point in this, uh, in the round of 32 because of, okay, how are you going to divide up the regions between what is Austin focused versus what is Dallas focused? Like, that could go all over the place.
0: Was this still uh, owned by ESPN Plus, the broadcast rights? No, actually, the broadcast rights
1: switched to um, Turner Sports as part of their package where they've acquired the U.S. men's and women's rights over the next eight years, also got U.S. Open Cup in that. Uh, Turner Sports will likely be showing most of the games on HBO Max, which is about to be just renamed Max before then. So hopefully people have HBO Max because they're watching other shows. I don't know. I I don't know if I'm ready for the White Lotus um, US Open Cup crossover yet. I think that might be a little too far. But um, yeah, it will be on Max um, for those matches. I have no idea who's going to be announcing them, what the streaming quality is going to be like. Turner Sports does not have a great track record with uh, their Champions League coverage a couple years ago was abysmal. Um, Hopefully, this is better. There's no games on BR Live on this, so that's a plus. Uh, But, I I mean, I I feel like everyone just cringes in the soccer world when you say BR Live.
0: BR Live or uh, DAZN.
1: Yeah, DAZN. I'm going to Spain next week, in theory, if I get out of the city. And uh, the Premier League is on DAZN in Spain, so maybe I will end up seeing some... I don't think I'm going to watch too much of the Premier League next week, but you never know.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it can always be worse if you're worried about uh, about coverage. Uh, even yeah, with... I mean, uh, I, Fox wasn't great at the World Cup, but I think we'd all take them over like Turner trying to shove a Miyazaki mashup of pregame into uh, some sort of uh, World Cup coverage. Although that might I mean, actually be fun.
1: I was about to say, hey, if... If they want to get the inside the NBA crew to do a US Open Cup whip around show, like take my money. Take my money.
0: All right. Um moving into that too. Uh when should we make uh, the official Seth Appreciation Day for telling us all this stuff? Just yeah. a day every year.
1: Uh I don't I don't need an appreciation day at this point. Just buy me a beer the next time you see me.
0: Okay. That's actually exactly what Riley said you were gonna say. So Yes. Um <laughs> Good. Um, yeah. On that note, you want to do some listener questions? Sure. Let's see some listener questions. Okay. Uh, our first one comes from, uh, I think it's Adrienne. I'm sorry if I say your name wrong. I'm bad with names. Um, do you ever get tired of knowing anything or knowing everything before us?
1: No, I mean, it's, it's kind of fun at a certain point to answer a question. I do, the thing I do get tired of is the person who's asked the question for the sixth time in a row, and it's just like, scroll up, scroll up. Yeah. It's not that hard.
0: Yeah, there's um, a great video from back in the early days of the internet about a uh, Steam and you and how to use threads. And every time I see somebody ask the same question for the third time in an hour, I want to post it. But I know they won't click on it, so it's just self-defeating.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got to the point here, I mean, even earlier today, as someone who's actually usually pretty good about this, I'm like, did you not see, did you not actually click on the link I sent you here?
0: Yeah, like, no. come on. I'm already doing all the research. You guys do like a tiny bit of work here. Open
1: the link. It's not that hard. I'm not asking you to watch a video. I'm not even asking you to get 58 minutes into this podcast. I'm just asking you to click a link.
0: Verdissimo's not even in it, I promise. Just click the link. <laughs> oh, God, Verdissimo. Um, okay, next one comes from Jorge. Uh, what is the worst soccer away day you've ever had?
1: Um, I will say the worst honestly, to see what I've had was the first trip to Frisco last year. Where we started the B lineup, the buses were two hours late. Um, it was hot. It was miserable. We got our ass kicked. It was it was just all around unpleasant.
0: Yeah, the, that wasn't like an expected B lineup. You guys found out like as the buses were pulling up an hour before the game, right?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, the buses showed up late. We had Los Verdes buses. We had club buses. We had buses break down midway through. It was it, it was just all around miserable. Um, that was terrible. I will say the worst experience I've ever had at a match myself in 2013 when I was living in Las Vegas, I went to a um, friendly, but I'll have to put friendly or amistoso in air quotes between America and Chivas, the uh, two uh, preeminent Mexican rivals on July 3rd in 110 degree weather where they did not separate the fans inside or outside the stadium and over 400 people were arrested outside the stadium. There was no security checks inside the stadium, so fans were throwing fireworks at each other. Uh, there was a full-on pitch invasion. The match did not finish. I, the only reason I was safe is because I was in a section with a bunch of referees and no one was wearing either team's colors. Oh. Yeah, it was. there's some amazing YouTube videos if you want to look up America Chivas uh, from July 3rd, 2013 uh, on YouTube. Um, there was also a fight in that match that had four red cards in the first half, so it was 9v9 for the uh, 50 minutes after that point.
0: Excellent, that's my kind of soccer.
1: Yeah, was, I mean, soccer. Uh, uh, what you call a collaboration with Lucha Libre?
0: Yeah, there we go. Uh, don't tell the front office that idea. I don't want to see how that ends up coming out.
1: Yeah, no. Um, uh, if they, have, I mean, honestly, that match set set back professional soccer in Las Vegas by at least five years.
0: Oh yeah, I'm I'm certain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, even just like, from like an insurance company standpoint.
1: Oh god. And they had it out at Sam Boyd Stadium, which I, I hope you've never had the pleasure of going out to Sam Boyd Stadium before, have you?
0: Uh no. I think I've flown
1: over it. Yeah, you yeah, if you fly into Vegas, you almost always fly over it. But um it is, yeah, um, that stadium is the lowest point in the valley and has uh, no redeeming features to it.
0: Um I'm gonna take a weird tack on answering this question. because uh, mine isn't actually a game I was at. Um I was down actually visiting Austin, looking for apartments before I moved down here. And uh, I asked one of my friends like, oh, Hey, where do I go watch a soccer game? And he kind of gave me a couple answers and I just took the one that was closest by. So uh, I ended up watching the U S game. We don't talk about in Cuba at Mr. Tramp sports bar, which for those of you who don't know is the Tottenham Hotspur bar. Um, So I walk in and I don't know anybody there. I'm just there to watch a soccer game. And um, it's, they're showing like all of the other qualifiers. So I'm like, okay, cool. I can watch the, like, uh, I think there was, uh, there's the day that Peru qualified too. And so there are a bunch of happy, you know, Peruvian fans. So I got to hang out with them. And then the U S lost and like, there are just all of these people from all these different countries by the end of the game. Just like, sorry, dude, we're really like, sorry. Like we're really, uh, you know, um, just people feeling bad. And, um, obviously you got to do that entirely surrounded by uh, Tottenham Hotspur gear. So that was, uh, That was my answer. Uh, You want to do another one?
1: I'll just piggyback off that. I watched that awful game at Leicester Pearl East, and I do not watch sporting events at Leicester Pearl East because within the course of six months, I watched that game there. And then I also watched the University of Cincinnati, Nevada, 23-point lead with 11 minutes to go in the NCAA tournament meltdown, which I was supposed to be at in person. Um, And that same bar, it's a lovely bar. I know ATX, the club took it over for ATX House during the World Cup. I do not watch sporting events at that establishment, even though it's, they're run by great people and things like that.
0: All right. It took us an hour, but we got into weird Vibes FC territory. So we're doing our jobs here still, Seth. Yep. Been off for two weeks because I haven't had a voice. So glad we're back at it and we still got it. it took us a little bit to, to get warmed up, but we still got it.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, if, if we talk for an hour, it's going to get weird at a certain point. That's just
0: part of life. Yeah, that's how it goes. Um, uh, We got some of these that we're going to get weird with, so um next one's not that weird or it could be if you want it to be uh from chris ramirez what do you want to see on the new kit
1: um i mean i'm not i'm not a fashionista by any means but i think something that is a slight modification on the primary kit i like keeping stripes on the kit um maybe stripes down the back not just like a solid black back would be kind of interesting i got a certain was weird
0: when it first came out
1: yeah and also like i mean i get it especially like you have to have something that but I think even with solid stripes down the back, <coughs> you could get to a, a point where it is still distinct enough from the mint kit that you don't have to worry about them being too separate from each other on that. But it looks like Adidas is sticking with solid back. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah. Wouldn't mind maybe some like wavy patterns on the stripes, but, um, yeah, I mean, you want to stick with Verde and Black on, on the whole there. But hopefully it'll be something worth buying.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, as long as we don't have some, like, weird attempt to, like, do something innovative that totally flops, like, the um, LAFC weird smog-looking, like, cream, not white, but not really, like, a club color thing or, like, some of the the big swings and misses from the Premier League we've seen over the past few years. As long as it's, like... Not completely like out of left field and doesn't make any sense and doesn't use the club colors or anything. Like I think we'll be fine.
1: Yeah, but I mean, hey, maybe they maybe they should go put uh, put Evil Mopac on there now that uh, Evil Mopac's off Twitter. Do a little patch on the side.
0: <laughs> For now, Evil Mopac will be back. I uh, have. Yeah,
1: probably. We'll see. We'll. I'll be curious to see what the future of Twitter looks like, but we won't go down that rabbit hole on this call.
0: Uh, no, I have a hard stop at some point and, um, it might be Christmas if we did the whole Twitter thing. So,
1: yeah. um,
0: we do need to sleep at some point. Yes. Um, how about describe your dream away scenario? And this comes from, uh, Adrian again, uh,
1: dream, dream away scenario. Um, I mean, I was honestly, I mean, I, I, I was telling people, I was really looking forward to uh, Columbus away day, which would be really fun, but that's not my dream away scenario because there's no dreams that involve Columbus, Ohio. Um, oh. Um, So uh, I would say the dream away scenario uh, would be MLS gets into Copa Libertador. CONCACAF and CONNBOL merge now that there are plenty of World Cup spots for everyone. And that the U.S. and Mexico could still fairly easily qualify, even with playing some South American teams. And you do like group stages. You wouldn't be able to do the full knockout there. But then you can buy CONCACAF Champions League, Corporate Libertadores, and we do away in Buenos Aires at Boca in that wild stadium. That would be, oh my gosh, that would be, be insane. I mean, I like visiting Buenos Aires and it would be a guaranteed way to go see a Boca match and see fans that are just out of control and... Like, I think at a certain point in the next few years that like we could easily compete with them. Like, if you look at it from a football perspective, I think it'd actually be a pretty good match.
0: Yeah, I think so, especially the way um kind of money's been flowing up more and more into MLS. And especially if there's like a, a little bit of an adjustment, a little more free flowing um capital in uh with the salary cap rules getting loosened up a little bit, we could definitely uh, yeah, I mean, we may have some, you know, half the team, maybe X River players or something, by that point. <laughs> no, but that's. Th-
1: but I mean, that's part of the amazingness is that, yeah. Like in my dream scenario, like three, four years from now, we still have Driussi hits a winner against Boca, playing for Austin FC, and the like. I-, I don't even want to think of the social media reaction to that. Like, oh my gosh, that would be insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm. I kind of agree with you. Like, I don't. When I think of Columbus, like, it's a little bit like how I um, – whenever I hear that song, We Found Love in a Hopeless Place, I always imagine it takes place in Lawrence, Kansas. And I kind of L- feel the same Lawrence, way about
1: – Lawrence, Kansas is a is a hopeful place when you compare it to Topeka or Dodge City.
0: Yeah. Um, that's just because they're closer to – or it's closer to Missouri. Um, but, no, I kind of feel the same way about Columbus. I don't even think of it as, like, a rivalry. If you're like Columbus crew, I'm like, oh, yeah, those guys, they're, like, mad at us or something, even though they got to keep their team. Whatever. Yeah um but i think i would like an mls like cup final away day in like an iconic stadium that isn't like soccer specific uh like one of the big football stadiums or obviously we can't go to seattle because we're in the same conference but like you know play one at soldier field or some like just iconic stadium i think that would be really cool um just for the whole event atmosphere like even if it's not you know the the greatest you know, a bunch of people piled on top of each other. Everybody's a rabid fan type of thing. Um, I just think that would be cool. I don't know if it's a dream away scenario because you kind of stole what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that, I think that one would be cool too.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think there's a, there's a few other things as you start brainstorming through this that uh, would be... I, I, I do like the fact that we, we didn't talk about this earlier because we, we, I mean, we didn't even really cover that much of the Austin FC schedule because we went all over the place. But as you start looking at it, there are going to be two NFL stadiums, or I should say two major American football venues that are hosting matches this year. One of which got a lot of attention before the season is that the season – um, opener, which is not going to be on Fox or FS1, uh, is only going to be available on Apple MLS Season Pass. They should sponsor the Suffering from the podcast, so we do not suffer. So we can, we'll can we be watching our Suffering on Apple TV Plus MLS Season Pass. Um, I'll ask him. Yeah. I can always try. Um, but as, as we go through this, um, is the LAFC and the Galaxy are going to play uh, opening weekend at the Rose Bowl, which should be really cool. And hopefully they get more people than USC and UCLA usually do over there. And I think that would be an awesome atmosphere. Also, LAFC um, is playing um, – they actually host San Jose twice, but their San Jose away day is getting moved to um, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. Um, Levi's is going to start hosting a lot more soccer matches as they are going to be one of the 2026 world cup venues. And I think, um, the earthquakes usually play LA galaxy at Stanford stadium, but moving one of these matches over to Levi's is going to be really cool. And I assume LAFC is going to bring like 20,000 fans or something silly off to Levi's to Santa Clara for that match. That should be a really fun one this season.
0: Yeah. And I expect, uh, in seasons to come too, we'll see more of that. Like KC will play a game at Arrowhead, um, NRG Stadium will host one. Like I know uh, Jerry Jones's Space Palace has hosted games before, but I'm sure they'll do more. I um, has
1: Dallas played at uh, played at Cherry
0: World? I don't know if Dallas has. I just know they've hosted soccer games. Yeah, no,
1: they definitely hosted uh, Mexico. They've hosted other international friendlies.
0: Well, I mean, they can't but, fill Frisco. There's no way to fill that
1: stadium. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's not like the Dynamo are going to fill NRG. No. Um, but then again, the earthquakes don't really fill PayPal Park too often, and they do usually fill – like, for one-time events in huge metro areas, and if you sell tickets for cheap enough, hey, we're going to sell tickets at Jerry Road for $20. We're going to forget the parking is for – hey, if they throw the parking in there, they actually might be able to get enough people.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, from Riley, uh, who is the first coach who will get fired this year?
1: First coach that's going to get fired this year
0: – uh, the first a... coach that's going to get fired because they lost to Austin FC.
1: Oh, the first coach that's going to get fired because they lost to Austin FC. Okay. Um, let me just shoot. So let, let's start going through this here. Uh, you, no one's going to get fired in the first month. Last year, our first sacking was uh, in April, where we had two in, a, two in a row between San Jose and DC. Um, Colorado might be the first one. I mean, they're. Uh, Obviously, Colorado had a huge drop-off um, after winning the West there. And Robin Frazier is a little bit on the hot seat. Um, I could see that being a potential, uh, potential situation. Um, yeah, but that's really the only one I see. I mean, if Toronto is going – absolutely, if the Toronto experience is going absolutely atrociously, Bob Bradley could get sacked after their loss uh, in Austin in May. But I don't I, – I, I don't see it necessarily happening like it did last year. And also, it's like is now supposed to be good. If you lose your team that's supposed to be good, it's no big deal. When you blow a two-zero lead in the 80th minute to a team that hasn't won a game on the road in 11 and a half months, you probably do deserve to be sacked.
0: Well, we had a rubber chicken, and they didn't. Uh, that is true. And you know what?
1: Errol Lozada is going to be coming back to Q two, uh, which actually never got to go to Q two because that was just an Audi Field, but his second match as CF Montreal manager will be at Austin. So um, that will be fun. I mean, I really do like this opening two game set up there, and it's a great chance to grab six points right off the bat, just like like.
0: I mean, I think it's possible we could get a coach fired that early if we just bury someone like 8, 9, 10, nothing, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, Gia- hey, Giazzi Zarda's hat trick against the Rapids. That's going to be, yeah,
0: that yeah. might do it. Okay. There, there we go i don't have a, a good answer for this but um i'm hoping it's early and definitive uh yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those where right afterwards everybody goes yeah that coach is getting fired yeah well, uh, it's
1: interesting colorado we've beaten colorado twice away we haven't beaten colorado at q2 yet
0: uh did we draw them at home last oh yeah that was the decision day game right that was the
1: decision game under... I mean, I'm really glad that we won two playoff games. If we had lost that first game to RSL, we'd still be thinking about the Colorado game into the offseason. And now it's like, a, oh, yeah, that happened.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that RSL game looked doomed for a while, too. So it uh, could have yeah. been a very bad slide to the end of the season because we were not playing great to, to end that. Um, uh, but it, it, hey, let's let's talk about happy things.
1: yeah no but happy things are so like i i I was saying earlier in the podcast that i email all the ticket reps and most of them are the same over the last couple years but obviously some of these are fairly low paying jobs and that people move in and out of them pretty frequently so even the person you talk to in august is no longer employed in december um but i was i was uh, going back and forth with the salt lake guy and i was like you know what like telling him like you normally like they're very fat base but i was like oh i hope you weren't too heartbroken by belonging to O lead and like you guys will probably beat us a man up again it's like once you once you start to get to know some of these ticket people you can do that kind of thing it's, it's kind of fun to do
0: yeah and i mean it's nice to build a little bit of a rapport too if they're ones that are going to stick around but uh definitely
1: yeah, um, stick around to this stuff
0: yeah and i mean it's not like you you keep in really close touch with them or anything either it's just sort of like oh yeah hey i talked to you like six eight months ago and then you email them and it's like your email has been redirected to so and so it's like oh all right well or
1: but my favorite this person is no longer employed by the club and it just goes into a black hole
0: yeah yeah that's always a good one you have to find like the info email and then say hey i promise i'm a real person i'm trying to organize or i mean
1: for, for some of this, like we have, we have a master list that I have access to that's shared league wide, but like we don't have a contact for our friends at city yet. Um, I'm good. I'm getting better at this. Um, yeah. I can type it up, but uh, it's, it's different to verbalize it. Um, but like, I just went through their group sales page and I haven't heard back yet. I'll bug them week of like January 9th. If I haven't heard back. I mean, that's what I did for Charlotte last year. and Charlotte got back to me right away. Uh, it, I, my guess is it's going to take the folks on uh, the, um, east uh, of the western bank of the mississippi river a little longer
0: yeah quite a bit and i think it's actually gotten to the point that my phone started auto-correcting city to city um <laughs> so we'll we'll see oh maybe that's a new uh part of the apple update uh they're trying to subtly push everyone into uh, mls land
1: yeah no i mean i, I just really wish that they weren't going to be st louis city too and that they would just have st louis county as their MLS. i thought that was
0: the best idea yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh,
1: right, beh- right behind Austin e- e- Falcito, which would have been amazing as well, but no, they didn't want to go for that standardization. Boring.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I get it; it's corporate, but have a little fun with it. Be a little yeah. MLS-y, a little Concacafy. One hundred percent agreed there. Okay, uh, last one we have is uh, again from Jorge, and it's kind of a multi-parter, but. Um, how do you decide what away trips you want to take? Do you have a stadium bucket list? Are there things you want to see and do outside of each match? Like, do you go to a game because you you think the city's cool? Um, how do you decide? Because you definitely go to a lot more of these than I do.
1: Yeah. So um, it's it, it started as a bucket list thing. So as a few people um, who are listening to this may know, um, I've been to all thir- I've been to a baseball game at all thirty major league baseball stadiums. So after even before Austin FC was a sparkle at Anthony Precourt's eye I started working on going to all the MLS stadiums so I have been to 24 of the 29 MLS stadiums so now my question is do I want to try to hit the final five this year or do I want to wait until Austin FC plays at them so at this point of the five that we have not played at obviously well I did not go down for the 29 degree Bayer Leverkusen friendly between St. Louis City and um and and Liverpool said, but um, I will get to city park. I, the the date, the match date is remarkably inconvenient because it's a rare Sunday night because the leagues cup third place game and final are going to be that Saturday. Um, So that's um, a Sunday game, unless we make it to the final four of leagues cup and then that match would be rescheduled, which honestly I would prefer because that Monday is the first day of school and I probably have to be in a school. I mean, the nice thing is from St. Louis to Chicago, I could take a, 5 a.m. flight and still be at whatever school at 8 a.m. It's no big deal, but it's not the world's most convenient timing from my own personal biased uh, viewpoint. Um, that that being said, um, so yeah, I'll probably go to St. Louis. Um, I try to go to the Eastern Conference games because we just don't get to play them that often. So I've never been to Inter Miami, so that would be Stadium. Actually, that'd be before City Park, so that would be 25. St. Louis would be 26. The other three stadiums I have not been to MLS matches at are. Um, Philly, which is weird because I've been in Philly plenty of times. I've actually seen quite a few soccer matches at the link before for Gold Cup and Copa America. I just, I've never made it down to Chester. I haven't, I've been to Yankee Stadium for baseball, but I haven't been to an NYCFC game at Yankee Stadium or City Field. And then I haven't made it, I didn't make it to Geodis Park in Nashville. So I might um, do that at some point this year as well. Um, And then other games that are high on my list for this year. um, I have not been to an Austin FC game at San Jose yet. And I have, family that lives out there. So I might go out to that one this year. Um and then if like we, we start playing well or playoffs or other things like that, I'll focus on that. I have been to I made it to nine away matches last year and I made it to six in the first year. Um and so I've been to every Western conference team. Well, obviously I haven't been to St. Louis City yet, as we've described. I've been to a number of galaxy games but not Frost NFC and then I haven't been to San Jose, but I've been to every other stadium in the West and then I've been to a bunch of them in the East just because I have lived close enough
0: to the East. Have you uh, finally overtaken Roma's total of away days?
1: No. Roma's done, like, she did all 17. Well, I, Tony now has the record. Tony's ahead of Roma at this point. Um, yeah, it's, I think he's up to, like, 26, and Roma's, like, 21 or 22. Yeah, oh. no, they, I'm not going to beat them, but that's okay.
0: Okay. All right. Now yeah, the I mean,
1: question I, is: So, so Roma did every road game in season one. Tony did every road game in season two. Who's going to do every road game in season three? It's not going to be me, but someone needs to take up that challenge.
0: It could be you.
1: Um, and also, my yeah, I'm not doing that.
0: Yeah, send us your application. I'll uh, send it along to Apple Plus as long as they uh, agree to sponsor us. We'll try to get you grandfathered in uh, yeah. and make sure you can you can hit every away day. And actually, if somebody wants to do that and do a travel log, I'd be totally interested in in hearing that or putting you on here or something that'd be awesome
1: yeah no, i think it'd be really co- it would be a really cool idea if um, apple should try to do some more fan related coverage especially because they're gonna have a lot of other hours of content to fill and give its people to spend um 79 or 99 if they're not a season ticket holder on apple's mls season pass
0: is that the yearly rate yeah i mean
1: I, I never. I mean, I get at a certain point. Obviously, people are on budgets and things like that, and look at the monthly rates. But look at the annual rates. The annual rates have way. I mean, the season cover starts in February and goes through October. And if we include playoffs, it's probably going to go into early December. I do hope that the new playoff format has some big matches on Thanksgiving, which is again inconvenient for fans but great for TV ratings.
0: Yeah, or uh, after the success of the U.S. England game, maybe do like a Black Friday thing.
1: Yeah, Black Friday would be great too.
0: Yeah, and he, like kind of mark your own day, or like the day before Thanksgiving, or something like that. Well, NFL
1: um, is going is playing a three o'clock game on Black Friday, but like even doing Black Friday night would probably be pre- pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean you run into like college football games at that point, but be rid of the college
1: football games. Yeah, I mean I did not attend the Cincinnati Tulane game, which actually did matter for the American Conference Championship this year um, because it was the same time as USA England. I was like, no, I am gonna go watch USA England and watch no goals and missed opportunities over that.
0: Yeah, it uh, barely bled over into the uh, Mizzou-Arkansas game that they're trying to pretend is a rivalry that isn't. Um, it's not like the nicest game in the world, but it's not, you know, probably even in my top 10 of uh, teams I want to see Mizzou smash. I was going to um, say,
1: the, the battle for, like, the area south of Branson, like the Ozarks yeah. Cup. Like, it's, a, like...
0: it's the battle line rivalry, and they have, like, a thing where there's, like, a if Mizzou wins, they get to put, like, a little yellow strip of metal on the where the border is and if Arkansas wins they get to put a little red strip of metal and it's really but
1: but isn't the border like 300 not 300 maybe 250 miles long
0: yeah I mean it's a ways it's you know the uh definitely the largest uh it's almost the entire northern border of Arkansas and southern border of Missouri there's you know a little bit of leeway there but yeah it's uh it's a whole thing um well we've been at this for a little bit Seth anything else you want to cover master of scheduling
1: yeah, I mean, it's just like be prepared for changes. Like we've mentioned this. Like if we make a CCL run, matches are going to get moved. If other teams make a CCL run, matches could get moved. We get to a world of leagues cup is going to be pretty self contained. But if we have any weather issues or other things like that, like the schedule is what the schedule is right now. But like there, I mean, leagues cup again could move some matches. That city match could move a few other things. So like. Be prepared that this is not on stone tablets here.
0: Yeah, and I mean, sometimes this stuff, like you mentioned, because a certain team wins, like, it changes at the last minute. It's not, you know, you have months and months in advance, uh, which is kind of normal for soccer. I know, you know, we get the fancy, like, NFL schedule comes out, whatever it is, 90, 100 days before the season, everything is set in stone, and, you know, pretty much it's never going to change, barring some huge, 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 like, asteroid hitting the Earth level, level deal. Uh, I mean, even during the pandemic, they were making teams play without quarterbacks to keep to the schedule. (laughs) I mean, hey, like
1: here in Chicago, it's going to be what, like four degrees and like a windshield of negative 20. But the Bills are going to play the Bears on Saturday. You can Mm -hmm. get in. Ooh, that's we'll see what's gone down to now. I have never seen tickets for a NFL game involving a playoff team as cheap as what the Bills Bears tickets were going for. You can get into the upper deck, including fees, for twenty four dollars. Oh,
0: that's probably just the fees.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like it's probably nine dollars if I because I always set the seat key. No, it's only four dollars in fees. Twenty dollars for upper deck seats at Soldier Field. You can get one hundred and thirty eight dollars for the seventh row at the fifty yard line of the lower deck.
0: That's not bad. Not bad at
1: that's all. With fees, you can get club level seats for eighty eight dollars that have access to an indoor space.
0: That might be better. Yeah, you better still
1: not walk to Soldier Field when it's going to be like zero degrees. Like if if the Bengals were playing there and I wasn't flying out, I'd probably do it because I'm a sicko. But yeah. uh, for this, eh, I'll probably go in a couple of weeks when they play the Vikings, and uh, if, as long as it is like above twenty degrees.
0: Yeah, I've done enough cold, snowy days at Arrowhead that I've got to really want to go to a game like that at at that point. Um, yeah, I guess anything else on the, oh, I didn't answer the, uh, Jorge's last question. Yeah, I, um, I decide on where I go, kind of on a combination of things. It's like, does the date work out? Is it a place like, you know, do we want to go to Portland and do something outside and kind of like turn it into a, especially for like a Saturday game, kind of turn it into like a long vacation type of thing. Or like, um, I have a bunch of friends who live in Denver. Like I'll just go up there for the, we didn't go last year cause it was right over a uh, 4th of July and. Um, our dogs don't do great with fireworks so we don't like leaving them alone um, otherwise we would have gone and so it, it's just kind of like a, oh yeah if i know people there like i'll probably end up going even though it's just like you mentioned a super inconvenient time i'll probably end up going to city in august although i hope that one gets moved because st louis in august is dreary and swampy like houston so let's hope they uh, they kick it back a little bit for us
1: I mean, I will say that match is going to be an 830 kickoff because it's an FS1 match. It's Mm -hmm. weird to be that that's the one that they decided to do national TV, not their first game ever. But I don't set the rules here. Uh, If I did, um, that would like we'd probably be playing like a Saturday afternoon match. Like like they're doing Nashville against NYCFC as the first match like in standalone time. Like that makes – I would have to imagine Austin against St. Louis. as St. Louis's first match ever would get higher ratings than that. But
0: I don't work at the league office. Yeah. Who knows? The uh, rules are made up and the points don't matter.
1: Oh, but I, I didn't answer one part of Jorge's question there. Um, looking at like, for most of the times when I'm doing these trips, I'm like, I'm staying with friends or other things like that. So I'll just like go in. A lot of times it's very tactical. It's like matches at 7.30 on a Saturday. I'm going to fly in first flight Saturday morning, fly out Sunday. Sometimes there are touristy things I want to do when I make it a longer vacation. We also had the crazy Vancouver trip last season where we flew into Seattle and drove across the border and, had all sorts of, of fun with that. Um, sometimes it's a little more of an adventure. Some of these CCL ones, are. I'm going to end up making a little longer because they're longer trips, and you never know what happens traveling internationally, and we should relish the opportunity while we have it.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to duck in, duck out to the Dominican. Like, I don't think I'm going to go, but like, I wouldn't duck in, duck out to the uh, Dominican Republic just for a game. Uh, Got to spend some extra time there and, and soak up the the local culture and the local sites.
1: Yeah, exactly. Get to go see and like hopefully that will all work out there. And I mean, I think especially if we get to Leon in the second round. I guess there's no direct flights from Austin, but there's direct flights from Houston and Dallas. And I think occasionally from San Antonio even. But at least there's a huge um, Leon um, huge population from Leon here in Chicago. So I could actually fly from O'Hare or Midway direct on Volaris to Leon if that happens. And that's right around Passover Easter week. So it's actually a pretty straightforward week for me. So I would hopefully do that trip nice yeah Yeah. well i'm sure panama city's fun i've been to pan i've never been to leon i've been to panama city before and panama city is a a lot of good restaurants i mean there's so many drug alerts down there that it's safe um it's terrible to say that but like it would would be a fun trip to plan for everyone
0: god bless noriega and his drug money oh gosh Um... so many russians down there too Okay, well, we should probably stop before we get canceled or something like that. Before we get, and we have banished. We get oh, <laughs> banished to only existing on Twitter for eternity.
1: Yeah, exactly. Hey, as long as long as you don't criticize the wrong people, you can you can stay on Twitter for as long as you want.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But uh, a, a, a lot of a lot of my work trolls have switched on to Mastodon now, so that that that's kind of refreshing because I don't have I can just
0: ignore them for the most part. Oh, uh, see, um, silver lining and everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah anything else you want to say to the people before we get out of here
1: no this is always fun and uh looking forward if you guys have any road questions or anything else we'd love to help get in as many road matches as possible this year
0: yeah um you know you can get in touch uh kind of usual channels you can let me know we can find seth you can follow us on uh we're a lot more active on instagram than twitter but we're on both um at suffering pod um we're still running the special if you leave us a review on apple podcasts you can get a signed photo of philip j fryington the official corgi of the suffering from joy podcast um i literally like will press his paw into a glossy photo uh it's dog safe we're not hurting him he does it all the time it's not a big deal um but yeah if you guys want to do that or like leave us uh any sort of review or tweeted us a review or rate us or any anything like that every little bit helps and um, we're going to definitely pivot a lot more. We were doing some world cup stuff. We'll be doing a lot more Austin FC focused things. Cause so that's kind of wheeling into the picture and, um, hopefully we're gonna get some, some cool one-off stuff that I've been looking to do, but it's been tough with the, the world cup schedule. Um, and we'll roll those out and we'll let you guys know about them. But, um, for now, I think that's us and Seth, you want to do our tagline?
1: Yeah. So how, so how are we going to suffer today?
0: Yeah. I mean, we have a whole season of suffering and now we know the schedule, at least temporarily. Um, so i I mean mean, we're gonna say it (laughs) i mean the
1: the league office is going to make us suffer we know this is going to happen like we've already discussed that they've produced an illogical schedule here they're gonna do other silly things and we will suffer
0: yeah uh well we we've suffered with you in the past we'll suffer with you in the future and uh we appreciate you suffering with us through this podcast and uh we'll keep moving forward and keep you guys updated Thanks very much. Bye. here for Austin Jarrett Stroud. It's Diego for goodness! He has written his name into Austin folklore. They just won't go away. Only oh, he hits the upright again. It's impossible. The
1: Bears' season's going to end on a double joint. Altidor squares it. Debs is missed it. Donovan has it. From Hope, there is glory.